Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Stop, 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 Louise. Stop. Stop. Why? Stop, stop, stop. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's no? in my top five of worst Christmas songs ever. In oh. my top five. I think it's quite sweet. I, was get- I never heard it before, but I was quite getting quite into it. No, no, please, please. Don't ruin my <laughs> afternoon or weekend as well. <laughs> oh, and the name is St. Christopher. Anyway, folks, we're, we're, we're talking for the next while about the worst Christmas number one song ever. And I just remind you that really the number one songs, you go back to 19... Uh, I have them here beside me. 1952, Al Martino. 1952, Louise, is the when it really started uh, with a song called Here in My Heart. And 70 years later, 70 years later, the 71st this year will be the 71st Christmas, Christmas mm, number one. Okay. Anyway, in that time, there have been quite a few turkeys. <laughs> and brilliant ones as well. There have been some great ones as well, but we're talking about the the worst Christmas yeah. number one so if you have a thought folks do get in touch with us 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text and our Louise posted up last night we got loads and loads of replies and you know what you know what I'm delighted with mm-hmm. the thoughts of people who responded coalesce around my worst top five may mm-hmm. I say which I'm quite and my top one about. You have a one. Well, hold it. Just hold mm. it there for a second. Don't tell us about it. Uh, have you another one there? Let's have a, let's have a quick listen to, a, to a, another Christmas number one. And this is a very recent one. Listen to this one. Here we go. Shove it, shove it, as they used to say in the breakfast show. I love sausage rolls. <laughs> the tune of rock and roll. Oh, my God. 
Uh, oh my God, that was 2019, and that's that crowd, lad, baby. They had number ones 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, 22. They have the record: five successive Christmas number ones. They're not that's doing so it this unfair. year, and thank God they're not doing it this year. A man standing by who spun the number ones on turntables up and down the northeast and beyond over the years knows his Christmas number ones. Ken Murray is listening in as we listen to a couple of the awful ones. There, Ken, welcome to the show. Hiya, Jerry. Good afternoon. And welcome from a very wet and windy Nina in Tipperary. You're down there for Shane McGowan's funeral. I'm, I'm on duty for Talk TV today. So a um, uh, large crowd gathering here. We're expecting um, some famous names to show up at the church here. I just saw Finbar Fury going in and Glenn Hansard. But we're all waiting to see what big names from the world of showbiz and indeed Irish public life uh, show up here today, yes. but that's not why we're here. No, Derek. that's not why we're here. But anyway, yes, yeah, the the cortege has been through the centre of Dublin and will be in Nina presently. Number ones, Christmas number ones. Ken, you've spun more of them on the decks, as I said, than many a man or woman. I have indeed, Jerry, because as you know, having come through the radio business, you're sort of journalist by day and DJ by night. I mean, the ones that never fail on the dance floor are, you know, Merry Christmas, Everyone by Shaken Stevens. Um, there's been Mariah Carey, Slade, um, here it is, Merry Christmas. And, of course, I better give a mention to a, a song, because, as you know, I, I wrote Dana's biography, and Dana had a Christmas hit back in 1975 with a song called It's Going to Be a Cold, Cold Christmas yes. Without You. Yeah. But... Um, now that I've given her a mention and nobody can ring me up and say, you forgot to mention, Dana, uh, the worst Christmas song, in my opinion, <laughs> okay. I mean, this, 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 is, this is horrible <laughs> stuff, is the song that was number one. I can't believe it even got to number one back in 1993, Mr. Blobby. Oh, I mean, this, this, was, this was horrible stuff. And I was checking out how it all came about. There was a producer in the BBC called Michael Lego. Michael Lego... Uh, used to work on programs like Top of the Pops and The Two Ronnies and so on. And uh, he produced uh, Noel's House Party, which was the Saturday night TV show that Noel Edmonds used to do. And he devised up this character called Mr. Blobby. And somewhere in amongst the creation, somebody decided to write a song called Mr. Blobby. And because of the exposure it got on Noel Edmonds' House Party TV series, Mm. bizarrely, it went to number one. And I don't know whether that says something awful about the British tastes in music or the fact that he was such a novelty and so different and outstanding uh, that it caught everyone's attention. And uh, they they went out and bought the, the song and there are hundreds of thousands, even millions, and uh, sent it to number one. Now, Jerry, I just I hope you don't play it because I, I'm I'm convinced <laughs> that if you do if you do give it airplay, Jerry, LMFM could lose its broadcast license for <laughs> for inflicting pain and torture on the innocent ears of the plain people of Loud and Me. It really is dreadful stuff. And I cannot think of a song that's worse than this one. Although I saw on the Facebook yeah. uh, thread last night that Bob the Builder came up quite loud. I mean, it in the did. overall scheme of things, uh, you know, not that bad, not a great song by any means, but not the worst of them. But... Um, <laughs> Mr. Blobby is like it's it's vomit stuff. Well, well, well. I'm going to tell you this: your ears aren't going to hear it for sure. But Louise, hit the next one there. I just want you to listen to this one, Ken, and we'll just talk about this one for a minute because many people say this is the worst of all time. Let's have a quick listen. That's Rage Against the Machine, Ken. What do you make it? That's another pile of rubbish, isn't it? That's an awful song. But if I recall, Rage Against the Machine was a backlash against the X Factor, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I think 
I think the way the whole X Factor series was structured on ITB, that the the very last programme in the series would end sort of a week before Christmas. And by virtue of the fact that the song that would be released featuring the winning act would go straight to number one and make a fortune for Simon Cowell. And a lot of the the rock music community in, in Britain sort of rebelled against this manufactured scenario whereby the X Factor song was always getting to number one yes. and Rage Against the Machine was like a, 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 you know, a rebellious statement against all this. An awful song but uh, it was a kick in the a kick in the, the legs for, for Simon Cowell yes. and everybody at ITV. That's really what that song was about. Yeah, you know? and you know, I'm looking at them here, you're right, because in 2005, Shane Ward, That's My Goal, came through X Factor. Then Leona Lewis, the next year, a moment like this. Alexander Burke, Hallelujah. Then Rage Against the Machine, 2009, you're right. But the following year, they were back again from X Factor with Matt Cardle, When We Collide. Oh, yeah, so sure. they broke the sequence of that for sure. What do you make of those recent ones? that We played one of them there. The Lad Baby thing, those songs, five in a row now. It's made a mockery, has it, of the Christmas number one? Well, you see, the whole music game has changed. I mean, um, I mean, to try and explain to some people, traditionally, you had Top of the Pops. If a song got on Top of the Pops, mm. it would be a big seller. It would get lots of radio play. But since the digital world evolved, you know, and I even see this. Believe it or not, Jerry, I still get phone calls to do discos, and people come up and ask me to play songs I never even heard of. Mm. And they're looking at their Spotify list on their phone, and they'll say, "Will you play this song for me?" And I've never heard the song because there's a whole new world on Spotify. As you know, Top of the Pops has disappeared, and the old structures by which songs were released uh, and played on the radio for sales and to raise the profile of various acts. That day is now gone. There's a whole new subculture, a whole new subworld happening in, in the digital area, whether it be on YouTube or Spotify. And there are acts that are coming on stream. In some cases, you mentioned Lad Baby. I'm, I'm, I've heard of them, but I'm not particularly familiar with them. If one of the people from Lad Baby was walking down the street, I wouldn't know who they were. Maybe I'm getting old. But the point is, no, but the point is, Jerry, the whole music scene has completely changed. It's getting harder and harder now for acts to, to, yeah. to, to, to sell records. And in fact, you probably noticed an awful lot of the big names of the 80s and the 90s are now retouring again because it's about the only way they can generate revenue. Yeah. Uh, and the old hits are still popular, but there's new songs coming out now and it's getting harder and harder for acts to break through because we're still in the digital transition. Yeah. Um, the fact that people are getting their music from other sources apart from radio and TV. So that's the way, unfortunately, the world is going. But as I said, Jerry. You and I ain't getting any younger. <laughs> For sure. Yes, Lad Baby had five in a row. They've uh, generously said they're not going to do it this year. And they beat the Beatles because the Beatles held the record for four UK number one. 63, I want to hold your hand. 64, I feel fine. 65, Day Tripper. And then 67, Hello, Goodbye. But Ken, just for you, have a listen to this one. We're going to bring you back. You mentioned it a few moments ago. Here we go. Have a listen. Yeah, Bob the Builder, there he is, Ken. We we had him there. We dug him out for you just to, <laughs> to give him a spin. One of the awful ones, but not the most awful. Ken, listen, I have to leave it there today. You're very good to join us and you get back to your uh, important work there today with Shane McGowan's funeral in Nina. Thank right. you so much, Ken. Okay, cheers, cheers. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Ken Murray there, uh, DJ, uh, who's DJed at so many places. Have you got it, Louise, just to give it a, a, maybe maybe 20 seconds? Because what's your worst? You, you said to me earlier you had a worst song. It was this one. It's this one? Yeah. It's the worst By one far. for me and it's mm. the worst one for Ken. So I think this tops the bill. Let's have a listen and close your ears. I, I apologise. I'm only going <laughs> to play a little bit and of I it. might come back to us go tomorrow. On, go on, go on, go on. Get rid of it, get rid of it, please, please. Shove it, shove it, shove it. 
Oh no, no, my ears, my ears, the listeners, the switching off in droves. Will you stop putting me through torture? Just to the end, of course. Imagine that song made it to number one. Can you believe it? But can explain Actually not it. that bad listening oh, back. <laughs> oh no, it's horrendous. It's number one. Our worst song on late lunch, LMFM this afternoon is Mr. Blobby and the Blobby song. I hope you're all still there because we're taking a break. I need to sort out my ears. Louise, it's Christmas pudding time too. And from the time you came into studio, I always follow Louise to see in. Two puddings arrived. Two into more. Recep- yes, two oh. puddings arrived into reception. We are going to crown the best Christmas pudding in the Northeast 2023. It'll be the last title we'll award. The last award champion. Because I think last we're going to rest it after this and we'll do something else next year. We've been doing it for years and years and years. Anyway, get your Christmas puds into us. A slice, a good slice of your pud. If you send us a whole pud, we'd be delighted. A mini pud, whatever you want. We need them in by Monday, the 19th of December. You can drop them in on Monday, the 19th of December. Judging is on Wednesday. It'll give us time to get everything sorted. Get your puds into us. Reception open between 9 and 4, Monday to Friday. And we thank everybody We've a number in already. Keep them coming to us over the next week or so. Um, what else was it to mention? Oh, back to the number ones, Louise. Let's read some of the reaction. John's been on to say, is that Mr. Blobby finished so as I can turn the radio back on? <laughs> <laughs> apologies, apologies. I had to let Ken Murray go. It would have killed him to listen to that. Karen Gregory says, I was going to say Bob the Builder but it has to be Mr. Mm, Blobby. Definitely. Yeah, Darren Weldon says, but the Christmas number one isn't that important anymore. Yeah, Yeah, Ken Ken Murray was mentioning Mm. that there. It it is a fact, that's for sure. Uh, Deirdre Gilman says, Saviour's Day, absolutely dreadful. No way. No. Cliff Richard. Oh, no. Sir Cliff. Deirdre. Oh, I beg your pardon. Sir Cliff Richard. Uh, amazing that I miss that being in Anglophile. I think that's my sis- little sister's favourite yeah, Christmas Yeah, Saviour's Day. He had two big uh, Christmas number ones, Chris. Mm. Or, uh, um, uh, Sir Cliff. Sir Cliff. Um, what's the other one? There's others there. When I see, can I, oh yeah, Eleanor McArdle, uh, Bob the Builder, the worst ever. Jerry, she says, Joanne McShane, all those lad baby ones, Jerry, they're rubbish. I agree with you. Sam Ward agrees with us too as well. Lad baby, pure crap. Uh, and uh, Angela O'Hare o- O'Rourke says, Mr. Blobby for sure, Jerry. There you go. I think Blobby's won it hands down yep. on, late, on late lunch. Don't think he can get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can. I really don't. Now, I'm delighted to uh, tell you that my next guest is a bread maker, but that's not his background because he grew spuds for years and years with the famous Mr. Ray Coyle. But is he making his mark in the world of baking now? He certainly is. Chris Brownlow, welcome to Late Lunch. Thanks, Jerry. It's lovely to be here. It's great to have you with us on the show. Uh, Ray Coyle, the late, great Ray Coyle. How long were you with Ray for working on the potatoes? Well, my very first summer job was with Ray, age 14, painting a gate in the yard. And then um, he sent me off to a field to thin courgettes, drove me down and forgot about, about me. He never collected me, so I had to walk home. <laughs> what a memory. <laughs> but it didn't put him off, you or you off him, because you were with him for years, weren't you? Yeah, well, there was a break then. I, I left, after I left school, I went to Edinburgh University, studied agriculture. Worked there for six or seven years and uh, Ray then offered me a job to come home and help him with his potato enterprise. So he was at that time uh, establishing what is now Tato Snacks. Mm. And so he started uh, Largo Foods in the early 80s, got busier and busier and expanded. So he needed someone to help him with the potato production and, and work with the farmers and um, produce some good potatoes for the factory. How long were you with him then? Well, from 94 until... 2020. Wow. Yeah. Almost 30 years. Yes, like almost 30 years. years man and boy. And now you are famed and your fame is growing for your making of sourdough bread. I suppose potatoes, boxy, we know boxing that potatoes and bread and things like that. It's a bit of a gap though from, you know, managing a potato enterprise to becoming yeah. a baker. Yeah, it is a bit of a difference. All right, Jerry. Um, along the way, I've always had a huge interest in food mm. and um, about a Ten years ago, I started heading off to various cookery classes and uh, kind of searching in a way for 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 what I would really like to do with food. And um, I was in Ballymaloo, um and I went to the bread shed there. Now I was on a business of food course at the time, okay. so they have what's called the bread shed, 
in there they were making sourdough and there that was my aha moment I was fascinated how you could just turn flour salt and water into a run, wonderful nutritious loaf of bread Ballymaloo hmm. Darina Allen Darina one of my favourite yes. guests to talk to always she's wonderful and, and I actually go by her I've quite a number of books as well in, in my own cooking at home Sourdough is a buzzword now, may I say, when it comes to bread. We're hearing this all the time and you'll see it available. I buy it. I buy it in the supermarkets. It's there, um, you know, and, and they have different, you know, varieties of sourdough now in some of the supermarkets. But there is quite a distinction without disparaging anybody's making of sourdough. But there's quite a distinction between a commercially produced sourdough and what you and your ilk, as we'd say, artisan producers uh, make why is that? Well, there's sourdough and there's sourdough. Not all sourdough is created equal. So quite often you will come across commercially produced labelled sourdough with just maybe some sourdough starter in it, so just some powder in it. Even there could be added vinegar to make it sour. That's not real sourdough. So the real sourdough is uh, long, slow fermentation. And that's the benefits, the health benefits come from, from that. So... As I, as I said before, flour, salt and water. And the important part is whole grains. If you want to get the health ben- full health benefits from, from sourdough, you need to have whole grains in, in your loaf. And the loaves we make and the loaves that we teach, we're, we're trying to connect with local grain growers. So we have a resurgence now in grain being grown regeneratively or organically in, in Ireland. And uh, that's the type of grain we use. Your business is bred with benefits. Yeah, I love it. It's it's really it's a really cool name. I have to say, you're at this f- sort of full time when since last January or so, is it? That's right. We started yeah. just this time last year. We didn't exist, and I said to my wife Sarah, who's a GP, I said, by the end of January uh, this year, we will have done one one workshop just to try it, just to see how. Yeah, I got on with it. I mean, I had no idea how I would be. <laughs> Was I able to do it? Or how did people react to it? So we did. We spent the half half of the year doing that. And really since June, we put up our website and we have our Instagram. And, and from then on, we've been getting in guests from all over the place. We've had from New Zealand, uh, Channel Islands, South Africa, Tasmania, and of course, Ireland. Yeah, to County Meath, where you, yes. where you are based. Do you produce it on a... A commercial scale at all? No, I don't. I, I, I teach you how to do it, Jerry. That's it? That's it. You've no interest in going into... Well, if someone wants to make it for me, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't have time to do it and the resources to do that. Yes. But it could partner up potentially with someone to do it. But I mean, at the moment, we're doing the in-person workshops and um, we've just recorded a series of videos so we can show people online how, how to do it as well. Because it's, it's a lot of information to take in mm. in one session. So... Mm. Um, people might be able to come to see us and then, you know, buy the yes. buy the online version to, to remind themselves. I know what you're talking about and the difference in taste because I do buy commercially and uh, you, you said what you said about it and that, that is a fact. And I went to Sheridan's Market. I, I, I go up there from now and again, but the lady arrived there who makes it. She's an mm. artisan producer, obviously, as well. Oh, my God. Yeah. Night and day. That's real sourdough. Yeah. You're talking real sourdough. Now, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that is the truth. Yeah. Now, look, let's talk about the making this because you mentioned only three ingredients and yet you've put beside me here in a lovely little pot, which I love the odour of, and I see the bubbles coming up through it. This is known as the starter and this is the key, isn't it, to sourdough? That's it. That That's the magic of sourdough. So in how that do jar. you get the first starter? How do you create the original starter? So uh, just flour and water. That's, That's it. it. That's it. See what, what type of flour? Just a bread flour, a bread flour. So as as I mentioned earlier, the, the, there are growers now in Ireland producing wonderful organic bread flours like Oak Forest Mills or Donaini. Donaini beside only, us. Only, only down the road yes. from us. And actually, the salt we use in the in the loaf is the Oriel Sea Salt. Another Again, local down product. the road from us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to connect people to the local producers. So as that well. starter there, it's a grey colour starter. When did you make that starter? I refreshed that starter this morning. So I've I've had it for, for a number of years. And by by what I mean by refreshing, you have to feed it. You know, an active starter is crucial for a, good, a decent loaf of bread. So all that's in there is flour and water, but it's the natural yeast and, and lactic acid bacteria that make 
that make the, the, the fermentation work so for the bread. So do I have to get a starter from somebody or can I make my own to start off? You can do either. Um, you, can st- you can get some flour and water in your salt and over a week you'll start to... So explain to me how you develop a starter from scratch. So today I get my flour, my water and my salt and I mix it together. So you just mix, mix your flour and your water, yeah. leave it for a couple of days, add some more flour and water to it over a, over a week keep doing that and as as you as time goes on more and more the, the the yeasts and the bacteria come into your starter and everything starts bubbling up so it's only water and flour that's it no salt at this stage no salt water and flour no, no so how long do you leave the starter for before you use it in the making of a loaf i would refresh that starter or feed it every day Okay. It's like yourself or yes. myself. We have to eat every day to keep ourselves going. Yeah. It's the same for the starter. You're, you're harvesting a, an army of microbes. Mm. It's your raising agent for your loaf. So how many days can I... When I, can I start using it to make the first loaf? After how many days? Starting from scratch? Yeah. After about a week. Okay. So then, take me to the next uh, step. How much of that starter do I need? What do I need to combine that with to make a loaf? Well, the loaf of bread that you have there with you, that's using about 500 grams of flour. Okay. 100 grams of starter. With that? With that. And a little bit of salt? A little, about 8 or 9 grams of salt, of the Oriole Sea salt. Yeah. And then after that, it's about 375 grams of water. That's it? That's it. Mix it all up? Mix it all up. Leave it there for about half an hour. You just make, When you're mixing initially, it's just the, the flour, the starter and water. Yeah. Leave it for half an hour. Add some salt, a little bit more water. Leave it for another half an hour into your tin. Let it prove. By that mean, it, it just raises to the top of the tin. And you have two choices. You can either bake straight away or put it in the fridge and bake it next morning. Okay. It's really only about 10 minutes of active time to bake this loaf of bread. It's the simplest form of sourdough. And how long in the oven? About 40 minutes in your standard home oven. 180? Uh, ramp it up to full full fan. Stick the tin in, turn it down to 200, and 40 minutes later, you've got a wonderful tasting, smelling lovely lovely bread. What are the benefits? Uh, I I take it you do enough, you do bread for yourself and for your own use in the house of that. Yes. What what are the great benefits in this bread? I take it you eat this exclusively now. You only eat sourdough, do you? Mostly. Mm. Mostly. The odd tie would go to the shop and buy a loaf. Yeah, okay. That's all right. I'm only human, Jerry. I'm only human. (laughs) They see him coming in and say, ah, what happened to you today? What happened to you today, young fella? There you go. There you go. (laughs) Listen, I'll tell you what's going to happen to you. Sit there in that chair there. I want to take a short break. I'm so curious about this sourdough. There are so many health benefits. We're going to talk to Chris about it in a moment. How many years did you say you had that starter there? Oh, I have that one about five years, I reckon. You must never go on holidays. Oh, you can go on holidays all right, Jerry. What you do is you just refresh it, put it into the fridge and... You, it'll be it, OK. It'll be grand for a month or more. Is it a big commitment to do this every day? I think if people listening to us today who are working mums or dads, they have families, they have children at school, they don't have much time. Can you incorporate this easily into your life? Oh, that's what we talk about a lot is how you can incorporate. I don't care how busy you are. Ten minutes active time. That's all it takes to make this loaf of bread. That is nothing. That is nothing. <laughs> that is you nothing, know. really. And we talk about refreshing the starter. You'll do it in a minute. Yeah. A minute and a half. It's done. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Now, the health benefits. I want to get onto this with you because you write extensively uh, about the physical and mental health benefits of a loaf of bread. Yeah. I mean, food, food and health. This is, you know, laterally um, the end of my 10 year journey. I started learning a lot about the connection between food and health and well-being. And we talk about this with bread um, because this bread, first of all, doesn't have any preservatives or emulsifiers or any of those type of chemicals in it. What we want to uh, help help our health in a positive way is, is fibre. We need fibre. We evolved by eating 150 grams of fibre a day back in the day. Now we only eat around 15 grams on average. So that's not enough. Why is fibre important? We need to feed our microbes. You and I sitting here, Jerry, we are carrying around only 10% DNA of human DNA. Most of the DNA we carry in our bodies is microbes. So 90%, we're made up of 90% microbes DNA-wise. So we need to feed them. We need to feed them, particularly our gut microbes, because our gut microbes look after our immune system, our digestion, affects our mental health, our well-being, our weight, 
I mean, so we're starving those microbes with our ultra processed diets. So we need to we need to increase our fiber um, intake. And by 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 doing that with bread means whole grains. Mm. But that's only the start of it. The, the, the magic of fermentation makes the, 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 all the nutrients that are locked up in, in a grain available by, by the, the process of, of fermentation, by reducing the, the pH and uh, the action of the microbes, um, releases all the, the vitamins, uh, the minerals uh, and the fibre that's uh, locked up in, 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 a, in a grain. Are you feeling better for this journey you're on now? For well, funny... Um, I spent my 20s, 30s, 40s, early 50s uh, just not really knowing what I was eating. I just mm. ate what I normally ate. When I started changing the type of food uh, I, I, I started eating with, you know, in terms of sourdough, more fibre, more diversity as well mm. on, on my diet, I found I lost about five or six kilos. Now, I didn't go on a diet. Um, in fact... If anything, I was doing more exercise when I was younger, going to the gyms, playing yes. tennis and doing whatever else. And by just changing my food choices had a, had a big effect on me, for sure. You've a couple of packets there sitting on the table beside you. What are they? So we, d- we put a few additions into, into our loaf. And again, I mentioned fibre. With this company called Biosol produces a, a byproduct of the brewing industry. So... The, the, the brewer uses the grains and he has these spent grains, which is the outside of the grain, which is the, where all the nutrition is. Mm. So these guys um, uh, recycle it into, into a flour. Now, it contains lots of fibre and, and protein. So, and the other one we have is a seaweed product uh, grown by a friend of mine over on the coast of Mayo, organic as well. And again, lots of fibre. So we're, we're in, I mentioned the word diversity. I mean, we have a diverse species of microbes in our gut and if I can give you a zoo analogy if I went into the zoo and just gave one type of food to all the animals in the zoo well some might like it but a lot of them would be in trouble Mm. this is what happened to our our gut microbes as well we need to increase the diversity of what we eat Mm. that means more more fruit more vegetables seeds nuts and so on so that's what we're trying to do with the loaf. We're, we're just increasing so the diversity. you of add this to it. But the plain loaf itself, 100%, if you just do it in the fashion you absolutely, said earlier on, absolutely. you're miles ahead. You're miles you ahead. I mean, it's really a basis. You can do anything with it. Get used to making it. You can add in nuts, seeds, whatever you like to, to, to increase the, the nutritional mm. benefits and make it taste better. There's a book you were showing me there called Ultra Processed People. Yeah, the funny thing is, it has a loaf of bread in the front of it. On the front cover. You know, a loaf of bread wrapped in plastic. Yeah. So this is what we're, we talk a little bit about in the workshop, about eating sustainably. So that's both for the planet and for your own health. So everything starts with the soil. So, I mean, I I spent my career working with the soil, but it's only really now I'm understanding what soil is. Yes. You know, a teaspoon of soil contains over 10 billion microbes and, and living organisms just in a teaspoon mm. that's in a, of healthy soil but our, our, our way of farming now is you know very much monoculture we're beating bejesus out of the soil with, with our machinery we're adding lots of nitrogen fertilizers on it so we're not really looking after our soil so re- farming regeneratively means uh, it's, it's very much focused on, on regenerating the soils because soil health um, influence the, the quality of food that's grown on it. Yeah. And of course, food and our health are connected. So we're very much connected to the soil. Mm. Our, our health and well-being is very much connected to I the soil. I just want to mention that book, Ultra Processed People by Chris Van Tulliken yeah. is the name. And it's been reprinted many times. It's a very popular book and there's a lot between the covers there too to recommend. I know what you're saying from my little tunnel, my greenhouse, and I have a tiny bed along with it as well. I compost. I compost, compost, compost. And I add that compost to the different beds year on year and it's pulled in and it keeps it in great nick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I, I garden organically. I don't use anything else. You know what I mean? Maybe chicken pellets or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, that's an odd time. But that without that in the soil, I see what happens. The soil just becomes nothing yeah. without the... Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online 
you'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The addition of well, yeah. the organic mulching. Exactly. So you're, compost you're, you're benefiting the soil, microbes. You're looking after the soil, which again is, is growing really tasty veg and fruit mm. and veg for you. Mm. Um, yeah. Now I have to get onto this spread. You have whetted my appetite today. You really have, and I'm sure listeners as well. Tell them about your course and how they can find out more. Well, we do two types a day at the minute. One is a sort of a demo half day, which you arrive at 11. We give you a nice cup of tea or a cup of coffee and a little nibble. And we get your hands in the dough. We show you, we explain the process. We demonstrate it and we have a nice little plant-based lunch, some of which will come out of my polytunnels uh, <laughs> certain times of the year. And then we, we and you'll go away with a, a nice loaf of bread uh, that you've baked there and then. The, four full, the, the longer day is you're seeing the process from start to finish. Mm. So you're mixing the dough, you're proving it and we bake it before you go. Okay. So you can find out about it by hopping onto the website, our website, www.breadwithbenefits, or you can follow us on, on Instagram, which was bread.with.benefits. <laughs> Bread with benefits. That's, That's all you it. need to know. That's Go in it. and check it out. I've been on the website myself this morning. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to go and do one of those days, half days, and we'll see what we can fit in in the new year, because I really am curious now about yeah, this, and yeah. it's something I'd love to incorporate into my life, to be honest with you. I'll be back to you. It's been great today. Thank you so much for dropping in. Well, thank you so much for having me in, Jerry. Not at it's been all. a pleasure. Chris Brownlow, thanks a million. Come on, kids, let's all make Christmas cards. I'd send them in to Jerry Kelly on the Late Lunch Show on LMFM Radio. Oh yes, and they're coming in. Thank you indeed. And I know there are more being made out there. Shoe City have given us a €250 voucher to give away to a Christmas card maker in the North East. And we have Toy Store vouchers as well. It's not a competition. It's a showcase of the talent of the children of the North East to make Christmas cards and send kids' cards to Kelly on late lunch this Christmas time. Louise, can I read this one? We have more, but I'll just get to this one today. Mm -hmm. Look at the lovely picture of... Is that Santa on the front of that? It is Santa. And look at that. Jerry and Louise, we've got a stock in each. My, wow. my sock Long is, time since I had a stock in. There you go. My sock is green. Yours is lovely pinky. <laughs> Mine's nicer than yours. It is, it is. Oh, yes, it is. They're <laughs> both can, lovely, we have to say. Gorgeous. To LMFM Jerry and Louise, it says, Wishing you all a Merry Christmas. My granny, Therese Smith from Greenore, loves your show. Oh, hello, mm-hmm. Therese, this afternoon. Great to hear that. My dad is a fireman and says hi to Ruth. That's our Ruth O'Connell. I made Christmas puddings with my granny. Oh, good oh. on you. Don't eat too many mince pies. Lots of love from Ella Catherine Doyle. That's Ella Doyle, age nine. Isn't that a lovely so card? And look at Santa and the Christmas tree on the back of it as well. What an effort you've made. Happy Christmas to you. Thank you so much for sending us the card. Keep them coming. Nine to four, Monday to Friday. You can drop them into reception. The post box is outside. It's a green post box on the wall. Throw them in there if you're up over the weekend. Or send them in by unpost as well. We love to receive our post. Thank you indeed to everybody. And we will be revealing all, won't we, Louise? On Christmas week, we will indeed, I We'll have a you. very, very big bag to choose we from. We will have a lot. But everyone's gone in. Everyone goes into the hat. And it's at random then. And we'll, we'll do the draw Christmas. Week. Anyway, let's uh, 
tell you that up next on Late Lunch. It's a comedy. And our comedy today comes from Shappy Kersandy and she's talking about dating again. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the Late Lunch. I love comedy. It's been a big year for me. I, I separated from my husband this year, and that's an awkward thing to tell people. My parents don't know yet. They don't, they don't follow me. They don't follow me on Twitter. My husband and I fought so hard for our marriage. We had a lot to fight for, mostly the house. And we went, we went to marriage counsellors, and the counsellor we had didn't fill me with confidence because she had a picture of her own family on her desk with her husband's head crudely cut out. So we separated and we divided our stuff equally. I got half the house and the car and he got the other half in my dreams. But I'm going to tell you, we met at a comedy club. He's a stand-up comedian too. You won't have heard of him. And we... (laughs) Forgive me. (laughs) So my husband and I had a little boy. That that was lovely. Um, We named him Charlie after Charlie Chaplin, one of my heroes, who famously said, all I need to make comedy is a park, a policeman, and a pretty girl. Of course, today we'd call that dogging. (laughs) But it's okay. We had to have separate birthday parties for my son this year. And of course, I got really competitive. I was like, my party is going to be the one that our kid remembers. It's going to be spectacular. I even thought about hiring a pair of dancing chimps. But do you have any idea how much it costs to hire Jedward for half an hour? (laughs) So I decided that it's time that I I, I get back into the dating game. And it's quite difficult because this is the first time I've been single since I was 22. Not the same guy, loads of overlaps. (laughs) And it's so simple. When you're 22 and you want to pull, you just get drunk and fall on someone. That's really frowned upon at my age. Especially in playgroup. But I thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do it. So I got my old pulling outfits, you know, and I went out and I threw some shapes. Do you know, whatever people say, supermarkets are not the best place to pull. I was in the supermarket and this guy, I was with my little boy and he was in the fold-down seat of the trolley and uh, this guy said to me, he said, oh, is that your child? And he was really fit, so I went, oh, no, 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 he just came free with three bottles of wine. <laughs> Which is kind of true. <laughs> I don't tell men immediately that I have a child and I went on a date with a guy and I opened up my bag and he saw that I had nappies and wipes in my bag and he went, oh, great, you're into that too. <laughs> I went to dinner with this guy, and again, I gave the game away. He had a little bit of sauce on his chin, and I spat on a napkin and wiped it for him. <laughs> and later on, he flirted with me by feeding me bits of his food from his fork. And I was like, oh, I remember that. So I did the same to him, but I ruined it by going, here it comes. <laughs> there was this guy that I did really like. So when I went out with him, I thought, right, I'm going to bring him home exciting. So I cleared all of my kids' toys out of the living room, just to make it look a bit more romantic. And he came back. I feel quite intimate telling you this, but I'm going to tell you. I was being ravished. I was being ravished to the point of no return. Then someone's knee went in the wrong place, and we heard this, to infinity and beyond! (laughs) Thing is, My son doesn't have a Buzz Lightyear toy. (laughs) It had been a while. (laughs) That sound came from me. Isn't she absolutely brilliant? Chappy Cassandy there (laughs) with your comedy on Friday. Do you know from the 1st of February 2024, that's not far away at this stage, when you buy uh, bottles, plastic bottles or aluminium or steel cans containing liquids, uh, there will be a levy on them. 15 cent on 150 to 500 mils and 25 cent 500 mils to 3 litres. 
Now, you can get the uh, levy back, but there's a little bit involved in doing that. So this means the way at the moment we recycle our plastic bottles and cans is changing. To tell us more, I'm delighted to welcome to the show the Head of Marketing and Communications with Return, Neve Kelly. Afternoon, Neve. Afternoon, how are you? I'm good, thanks for joining me on the show. This is a sea change for a lot of people. I'll tell you my my, my way of operating at the moment. I keep my plastic uh, bottles, my cans and my glass and I go to the recycle centre, say, once a month with everything and I recycle and I'm meticulous about it. From the 1st of February now, my plastic and cans, no, not to the recycle centre. No, it's not. And I suppose even to give context for your listeners there, it's being introduced on the 1st of February, as you said, but it's really being introduced as the most practical and best way to achieve the EU recycling targets that have been set and as part of the circular economy projects that have been brought in by government since 2015. So we have to reach recycling targets of 77% by 2025 and 90% by 2029. Now, just at the moment, we're probably in the early 60s. And really, the deposit return scheme is seen as the best and most practical way of increasing those recycling targets. Plus, it has the added bonus. There's less litter, less waste, and really you're protecting the environment. So it's a good all-rounder. It's going to take a little getting used to, I think, Neve, for people like myself and others who are committed to this at the minute. Because, OK, let me let me put a few questions to you. So when I, say, buy a drink in a bottle or if I buy a can or whatever, uh, the levy will be on it as I purchase it. I take it with me. I'm finished with it. I Do I need to keep it clean? Do I need to rinse it? Do I need to keep it in the shape it's in? You know the way prior to this, people would yes. squeeze their cans or squeeze mm-hmm. the bottles to get them into bins. Don't do that. Is that the message? It is. You're right. There is change involved in this and there is an extra effort for people. I think, I suppose, one of the things that what we say about this is by putting a value on the cans and bottles, I think everyone in Ireland can see that they are a valuable resource. And what happens is the people who use the green bins or the recycling Mm. bins, very good. But what we need to look at is the people who aren't necessarily as well you know, on the go or out of home, who may throw them on the side of the street, but to actually so that everybody knows they're of value. And the value, and just even give it an idea for listeners, is if you were to recycle one plastic bottle, that's the equivalent of enough energy for a 60-watt bulb for eight hours. Mm. And by putting that small deposit on it, which is fully refundable, there is but what we're asking people to do is hold on to those. They don't need to be rinsed out. As long as they're empty, you finish your drink. Yeah. You don't need to empty it out. But you do need to keep the shape of the bottle so that when you bring it back to your local shop or supermarket that's participating, they can actually take it back over the counter, read the return logo, or if you put it through what's called a reverse vending machine, an RVM, that that can actually read the, the shape and size of the bottle and it will then issue you with your token. So you get your money back, you go up to the till or you can use it against your purchases. Yeah. Um, listeners, I have messages coming to us. Why why go away from the recycling bins? You would answer that already. You say we're not meeting the targets and there are some people uh, not recycling, which you want to encourage them to do. Uh, another question there, what about multi-packs? You know, so if I buy a single bottle uh, or a single can, most people now buy them in supermarkets in, uh, in multi-packs. Is there a 15 cent, say you buy a six-pack of cans uh, in the smaller category, does that mean that it's uh, up in price by 90 cent and 90 cents you'll get back when you recycle them? Is it 15 cent on each can in the multi-pack or bottle? It is. It's between, as you said earlier, 150 mil to 500 mil. It will be 15 cent. And if it's over 500 litre, it is 25 cent. But again, fully refundable. Yeah, so take, for example, I'm a frequent visitor to Tesco. Uh, I know in Drogheda here, they have uh, put in that machine you're talking about already. It's there and it will be available. So I can go to the machine. So what this means is, where I see the difference in this is, at the minute I stored my plastic bottles separately from my cans from my glass and I went to the recycle, say, once a month. Now, what I'll have to do is, going to Tesco, say, on my Saturday morning for the previous week, I'll have to get into a regime here 
all the plastic bottles and all the cans we've used in the house. I bring them with me going shopping. Either go to a counter or go to a machine, process them through and get my refund. What form does the refund take? Is it cash or a voucher or what? It's actually, and you're you're very right, what we've seen in the European schemes, and there's actually, I think it's the 15th scheme was launched in the last few days, and they're all reaching the 80-90% targets over the last number of years. But what they are seeing is most people are doing exactly what you're saying, is actually storing the cans and bottles, or plastic bottles, bringing them when they're going to do their shop. So in the same way, I suppose, that we got used to actually bringing our plastic bags, putting them in the back of the car, or if you're walking to the shop, bringing it with you. And to bring them back, if it's over counter, you can use them again against store purchase or money. But if it's RVM, it issues a voucher. Yeah. And you bring that up to the shop. Okay. So you bring that up to the till. Now, I would say here, and it's very important... So when you bring it back to an RV, once you start putting in your bottles and cans, that voucher has to be redeemed in the shop. We're just losing you there slightly, uh, Neve. Just uh, you're just blipping a little bit on the mobile thing. Say oh, that to sorry. me. Just say that to me again. Go on about the, the voucher. Yeah, sorry. What I was saying is that the voucher, once you actually start redeeming, you actually uh, the voucher itself, and you start putting in your bottles and cans you must bring that voucher up to the same shop. Okay. So if I recycle and bring my bottles and cans to Tesco, I bring the voucher to Tesco there and I redeem it there? Exactly. And the difference is that you can actually buy your bottles and cans anywhere and you can return them to any participating store. Yes. So it doesn't matter where you're buying them and bringing them back to. But what I would say is that for retailers... What we've done is that retailers, if they're under 250 square metres, they have the option not to take back these deposit returns. And if they take that take-back exemption, they just have to show a QR code or details of where they can actually be returned. Okay, so so there is an exemption there for, for small uh, enterprises. I, I, that question you've just answered, there's lots of questions coming in. I'm not surprised about this. Uh, you can, so if you buy your cans or bottles anyway, you can redeem them at any store, but if you get the voucher or whatever there, you have to spend the voucher in that store. That is, that is, that is quite clear. Well, sorry, when I say you have to spend it, you can either use it against store purchase or get your cash back. Okay. But the voucher is only applicable in that store when you've started putting them into the RVM. Yes, yes, very good. And another listener there saying, I, I'm hoping these machines are age-friendly. I struggle with technology. Will they be simple to use, Helen or Neve? Very simple. And I'll tell you what we've done is not just on the display screen, but on the fascia of so let's say they're they're quite a kind of a, a large box type of of rectangle we actually have the instructions it's very very easy you place the bottle in it will actually tell you what deposit you're getting and you pop in your bottles uh, plastic bottles and cans one by one and you will be issued your voucher but there's literally on the side there's one two and three, exactly what you have to do. So it really is very, very simple. Okay, and what about bottles that we've bought already this year or say in January of next year, before the 1st of February? I take it they'll be dealt with in the the way we've been uh, recycling them up to the moment. It's from February on and there's a little logo, is there, on the... the, That's it. Yeah. That's perfect and that's exactly what I would ask people to look out for is there's a little return logo And for everyone to know that after the 1st of February, now it will be transitioned because obviously we don't want any waste. So in the retailer, you will see both on the shelf for three to four months. But if you see a return, be charged, but it also means it's fully refundable. So what I would say to people is please recycle the bottles and cans that don't have a logo on them. They're, They're just as good, but we are transitioning across for drinks containers between the 150 ml and the 3 litres just to really get this scheme going. And I would say as well just to people on the recycling bin or the green bins is that the better part of this is that we're getting a really high quality of recyclers 
And it also means there's less chance of cross-contamination. Because you know the way sometimes in a recycle bin, yes. somebody can put in a bit of food or mm. whatever. Yes. That ruins the really good quality. Yeah, I see the benefit there. Look, there are many questions and there are many more coming to me. I just wanted to introduce it today ahead of the uh, 1st of February. Neve will be back to you, I promise, uh, nearer to the date because this uh, surely will... Uh, need more clarification on that as well but you've been great today thank you so much for joining me thanks so much and thanks for having me on not at all you're very welcome that's Neve Kelly there Head of Marketing and Communications at Return Lots of comments about the new recycling scheme for uh, plastic bottles and cans it's coming in on the 1st of February and uh, Many people sceptical about it, I have to say, uh, not believing that it will achieve uh, what we were talking about earlier on where we had a chat there before three uh, with Neve Kelly from a return. They don't believe it'll help us achieve the targets, uh, the recycling targets that we need to achieve in the whole context of uh, what's going on in this world of ours at the moment. Um, and people are saying it's more cumbersome. Um, others saying, I'm just not sure about this. Thank you indeed for all the comments uh, you sent to us uh, this afternoon on the show. We will be coming back to it because it's uh, coming in from the 1st of February. So we'll be back to this in the new year. But the way we recycle plastic bottles, cans uh, are changing or is changing in the new year. And changing big time, I have to say. And I'm, I'm in two minds about it myself too, I have to say. Uh, I'm meticulous about recycling, but I'll see myself heading to the shops on Saturday with all my bottles, or all my uh, cans and all my plastic bottles. Glass is not included in this, by the way, just to let you know. Glass doesn't uh, come in under the new framework. Now, let's uh, do the housekeeping. I did ask you where Balocco Lemondora Lim- Limone Cream in it as well, where it originates. The answer I was looking for is Italy, and the winner today is Jerry Yates, well done to you. And don't forget to check out Millbrook, Millbrook Market, Kennedy Road, Navin, who've given us those vouchers all week on late lunch. What a fabulous range they have this Christmas time and vouchers too. It'd be a very good gift. Let's rerun the uh, TV theme. I love snooker. Do you? I love snooker. It's one of my favourite sports. It's always remained a real top sport with me. Anyway, that is the theme from BBC Snooker and the winner today of Late Lunch TV theme prize is Loretta Levy. Well done to you and thanks to everybody. We've got loads and loads of entries. See, there is a big snooker family out there for sure. Now, let's do this. Five, four, three, two... Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number one from this week in 1979. And what a number one this was. They could uh, have recorded three blind mice at the time and gone to number one. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, it's the police and walking on the moon. Police number one from this week in 1979, concluding our top five countdown for this week. And we'll have another five for you come Monday to Friday next week. Please go up next on the show, looking ahead to a big weekend of Premier League action. David Sheehan. David Sheehan does his sporting thing now. Welcome back, David. How are you, Jerry? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on the show. Look, before we get into the Premier League, we don't have a GAA this week because there's damn all on uh, across the northeast. We're going to talk about the Premier League. The big news story today, and it's been rumoured for a few days, John mm. Ram going to live uh, golf. Now, I thought, David, all was well and they were all one, but it doesn't seem so. No, and I mean, I'm reminded of the, the famous Mrs. Merton question to Debbie McGee years ago where she said, what first attracted you to millionaire Paul Daniels? It's a little bit like that with with Ram. I think he's getting $300 million. $300 million is his contract over three yeah. years, at least three years. Um, the funny thing about this one is he came out during the summer and he was very um, vehement and and kind of clear in his in his thinking around live. And he, didn't, he said he didn't like the format. He didn't like the fact that there was no cut line. 
um, the three day thing he didn't like. So he was on record as, as saying he wasn't a fan of it. But something has changed, as we talked about a moment ago, in terms of the, the finances of it. So I think it's interesting in terms of where this all started. And you'll remember the real heat that the likes of Gray McDowell and Lee Westwood and one or two others took when this started up. They were the ones that were sent out basically to. to, to to take the hit early on. And mm. now the, the thing is kind of bedded down a little bit. And there was that kind of agreement earlier in the year. And I think this, I think it's expected that there's going to be a formal kind of an even further kind of embedding of the two organizations together in, in due course as well. So maybe that's part of, of John Ram's thinking, but it's, it's very hard to know. I saw Paul McGinley saying earlier how, you know, it's, it's hard to, to believe anything anybody says anymore because Ram, as I said, was on record as saying he wasn't a fan of, of, um, of live a few months ago um he did say then in the meantime that he he was he felt betrayed by the the kind of the the, the merger between the pga tour and live earlier in the year and all that kind of stuff so yeah like you say it's a little bit kind of um the, the waters are a little bit muddy now in terms of the yeah. two the two organizations but look at he's gotten his 300 million dollars or whatever it's going to be so um he's happy enough but yeah it's uh it's another it's another blow to the pga tour and their mm. hand is going to be forced forced now and the, the power is starting to shift towards live you know yes. um all we're short now is rory McIlroy to go i don't think that's going to happen but um <laughs> imagine that but uh. no i think it's 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 look at it and, and at the end of the day jerry like it's very hard to get too worked up about this in a lot of ways they're, yes. they're millionaires multi multi multi-millionaires anyway yeah but you know they're, they're just just following the money these guys a lot of them so yeah, it's it's just uh, another another blow to the PGA Tour, I guess. But uh, and it's gonna the other thing, just very quickly, it's gonna it's gonna change how the Ryder Cup is is kind of um, the teams are made up because we know what happened with Henrik Stenson. There's no way Ram isn't going to play in Bethpage in a couple of years' time, so they're going to have to have a look at that as well. But it's it's just a constantly evolving situation. It certainly is. Let's talk Premier League football. Our team, no uh, doubting it, Arsenal top of the league at the moment, but they have some game coming up tomorrow. Aston Villa beating Man City the other night. They're right in the title race. Uh, Emery, the former Arsenal, former Arsenal manager in charge of Villa. Martinez, the goalkeeper. Oh, it's all set for a melodrama, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I was thinking about various Arsenal trips to, to Villa Park over the years, and the one that sticks out for me is that famous Robert Pires goal um, over Peter Schmeichel's head where he took it down and lobbed it over the keeper. But that's a long time ago now, and things have changed a lot. But Arsenal in good form, four wins in, on the spin now, and, and obviously got out of jail against uh, Luton Town, and that goalkeeper situation still not really bedded down. David Raya and uh, Aaron Ramsdale had a big smile on his face the other night when that, when that mistake was yes. made. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure if that was if that was related or not. But he, you would think he would have had the sense to pull the snoot up over his mouth at the very least. But yeah, Villa absolutely flying, and I was just looking at it there. Like Emery hasn't exactly spent like a fortune either. Like he brought in Moussa Diaby for fifty-five million, Pau Towers thirty-three million, John Duran sixteen mil. He also got the likes of Tielemans on a free transfer. Um, so he hasn't he hasn't like completely overhauled the squad. I mean, you remember it's he's just over a year in the job now. We remember where they were when he came in ahead, mm. after Stephen Gerrard had tanked them, and they were right down at the bottom of the table. So we talked about Emery before and, and what he's gotten out of that squad of players and. As I said last week, I think it was, it just shows you when you have somebody in there who knows what he's doing and is able to organise players and organise a system and get the most out of... It's not always about spending millions on, on a load of new players. You know, he's worked, broadly speaking, he's worked with what he had. So it's an incredible run they're on, Villa. If they were to win against Arsenal tomorrow, they'd go within a point of Arsenal. Um, they'd move up into second, well, depending on what Liverpool do, obviously. But they're, they're, in, they're in an unbelievable run of form. And that performance against Manchester City the other night, that wasn't a, that wasn't a smash and grab. Like they, were, they were really good value for that win. So going to be a really tricky one for Arsenal tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to it because it should be a cracking game. Villa Park, an old traditional ground. I, I always love watching games there. And it takes me back to the Cup semi-finals back in the day it used to be at Villa Park as well. So really looking forward to that one half-five tomorrow. It should be a cracking game. And I, I think Villa are going get to the, get the three points there, Jerry, and make it 15 oh. 15 runs in a row at home. They're on an unbelievable run. There you go. We'll watch with interest. Yeah, I think Arsenal acted too hastily on Emery, uh, but uh, that's for another day. Um, Just in a word, Liverpool are at Palace tomorrow. Palace are in a dreadful run. Liverpool should win there. Yeah, they should do. They're they're um, they're in reasonable enough form themselves at the moment. Liverpool as well. You know they've won what three of the last five drawn two. Crystal Palace. I don't think uh, Roy Hodgson uh, endeared himself to the fans too much the other day with with what he said after they lost to Bournemouth that they basically were spoiled. Um, so he could be on a bit of a sticky wicket there if their their run continues. They've only had one win in their last five. Palace. So they're struggling. Liverpool should be winning that one for sure. Yeah. Then on Sunday, Spurs and uh, Newcastle, the two teams that won the league in October. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the battle of the teams out of form. 
Yeah, and that result last night for Everton, I was actually I was actually out of the social event. I didn't even know there were games on. It was only this morning when I checked my phone and I saw the result and I couldn't believe that Everton had beaten Newcastle 3-0. And Jordan Pickford certainly enjoyed that one, former Sunderland player, of course. And uh, mm. he had a little bit of a little bit of banter back and forth with the Newcastle supporters. But a, a brilliant result for Everton. Newcastle, yeah, a little bit of a sticky patch. They've lost two in their last five as well. So they're a little bit up and down, um, and it's you know it's hard to know how that one of those Spurs are in a terrible run at the moment. Like they just yeah. can't buy a win, and Ange Ball has uh, certainly come apart a little. But we know they've got suspensions and injuries and everything else. But that's a big game for for Tottenham now more. So, Newcastle as well, obviously. But the run the Spurs are on, they really need to get something out of that. But um, I think Newcastle will pick themselves up and and be determined to get back on on, on the horse after that defeat last night. And Spurs, we know, losing last night to, Ever- to West Ham at home as well. So yeah. I think Newcastle just to sneak that one. And just finally, in a word, can Luton recreate the magic that they showed against Arsenal, hosting Manchester City at home, who are in an awful state, six points behind the leaders? Listen, I don't write them sure. off. Poor old Man City, yeah, they just can't. If they want to get had a few quid to go out and buy a few players, they might be able to sort that out. But they've a bit of a they've a bit of a problem in midfield at the moment with Rodri not being there, and he, he, you know they've they've been chopping and changing their midfield a little bit. It hasn't really worked out for them. Um, you know, as we said, beaten by Villa during the week. I mean, look, if Luton were to get something out of this game, it would probably rank them among their their greatest ever results. You know, even though they they pushed Arsenal so hard the other night, and um, they didn't get anything out of it for all their efforts. You know, and they're still in that bottom three. I mean, it'd be unthinkable for Manchester City not to win that game. Um, but, you know, who knows? But I, you'd have to fancy Man City, Man City to win that one by hook or by crook. Come on, the Hatters. David, until next week, thank you so much for joining me again on the show. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. That's David Sheehan there, our presenter of Sunday Sport. That's it for another week on Late Lunch. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us every day. We love your company. And a big thank you to my producer, Louise Walsh. Couldn't do it without her. Thanks a million, Louise. And uh, that's it for the week. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. And uh, we will see you, please God, on Monday for a brand new week of Late Lunch. The second last week of the year, starting Monday at 1.30. Have a good weekend. Take care of yourselves. See you then.